What is up, people? It's Friday night. This is The Attack. I am yours truly, Sean Williams, joined with the other half of this coast-to-coast -coast connection. That is Mr. J.P. Mayer. J.P., as usual, we got quite a few things to talk about. Yeah, why is it, like, it's, we're two days away from Easter. Why does the WWE have to give us a lot of things to talk about? Like, come on. I wanted to have a nice, nice peaceful show, talk about happy things, but nah. Peaceful show? What the hell show have you been listening to? Oh, I was trying to, you know, trying to be peaceful. Like, I wanted to say positive things. True, like but... Like how I like the superstar <laughs> shake-up and all that fun, jolly shit. Well, believe, well, believe me, we have both... People, we have both a positive and a negative to say about about the shakeup. But first and foremost, let's I'll, just to go a little lighthearted for present company over here. <clears throat> so with that being said, it's time to cross the line. Bitch, what line? So yeah, as I said, we have some positives and negatives about the superstar shakeup. Start with the positives. SmackDown may not have, in my opinion, may not have made the most moves that Raw did, or at least ones that aired, but it made, I think it probably made the more significant ones. Now, first off, I am happy about Kyrie Sane being moved up, and although a lot of people are moaning and groaning about Roman Reigns being moved to SmackDown, I don't have an issue with it. And before anybody says that that, oh, great, Kofi's going to lose the belt now. Yeah, that's a nice idea. Here's another one. Shut up! Kofi is not going to hold that belt forever, so accept that fact. And, yeah. and if they were going to push Roman to go after a belt, it would have happened by now. In case you people haven't noticed, WWE is treading carefully before they get Roman into the mix of any title picture, mid-card or otherwise. And on the Raw side, you know what? I don't have a problem with AJ Styles being moved to Raw. He needed new challenges, and, you know, I think you needed to separate Roman and Seth Rollins, because now Rollins has the chance to, to grow on his own without Ambrose, who's now out of the WWE, and without Roman. He has the chance to truly to truly blossom on his own, and I welcome that. Absolutely. Now, something that I, I was thinking of earlier in the week, when they originally did the draft back in 2016, Finn, Bal Finn Balor was drafted to Raw. He didn't flip back and forth, as did AJ. AJ was drafted to SmackDown, and he didn't flip back and forth. So this is the first time for both of them Agreed. that they're switching. <clears throat> and that's another one. I actually don't mind that Finn Balor was, was moved to SmackDown. In fact, I think it probably should have been done. But, um... And Ember Moon being moved to SmackDown, again, no issue with that either. 
But, you know, quick, uh, hate to jump quickly from topic to topic, but we're still, well, technically it's not. We're still talking about the draft. Here's where we go to the, to, well, to quote, well, Conrad Thompson on Something to Wrestle calls it who booked this shit, but uh, us on this show, we call it who writes this crap. Who's in charge over there? This is aggravating me now. What, I can't count on you people? The Viking experience? Are you fucking kidding me? Of all the dumb fuckery of names you guys come up with, this has to be the stupidest thing you've ever thought up. And I will guarantee this. It is not going to get over. It will never get over. It will never work. Um, I can do you one better. The other name that they were thinking of calling um, Hanson and Rowe was the Berserkers. They didn't learn their lesson the last time with the last guy they gave the name Berserker? Yeah, and ask how well that one worked. Mm. That guy only won his, all his matches by count-out. Yeah. And it got over with absolutely nobody. And keep in mind, people, when I'm saying this, this has got nothing to do with my feelings about Hanson and Rowe. I'm a fan of both guys. I want to see them succeed. They will not succeed with this name, with this moniker. It's never going to get over. And you keep using terms like raid, and you still do the war, war, war chants. How do you expect anybody to transition with that? It's not going to work. It's like you're rooting for Hanson and Rowe to fail. And no, I will never call them their new names. Now... I understand wholeheartedly where you're coming from. But now hear me out. Oh, boy. We all know the WWE has a hard-on for copywriting their own stuff and making money off of it. I get that. But you're telling me this is the best they could come up with? I could have come up with 1,800 different names that were better than the Viking experience because that reminds me too much of when Booker T and CBRA broke into the wrestling business in 1992 in the Global Wrestling Federation out of Dallas, Texas, calling themselves the Ebony Experience. And you know, even if they went with something like the Viking Raid or something like that, I'd let that slide. The name I would have gone with, the Vikings. I mean, I, I once said, like, kind of mixing the whole Berserkers thing, Berserker Fury, given that's kind of a take on the uh, Berserk Fury from Zoids. Shout out to Billy James, who he'll probably be the only one that gets that reference. Absolutely, because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> CGI anime, but, but that's not here and there, but... My issue also is you change the name of the team and you change the name of both guys. Why? Why did you need to change both? 
again, I get the whole wanting to own your own copyright thing, but you know, this is almost as goofy as when you, as when you you first had when Monty Brown came to WWECW, and they gave him the name of Marcus Corvon, and they had to spell Cor- Marcus in some goofy ass way. Now, I can. The whole changing of the names, like, so they have their copyrights. As opposed with Ray Rowe, that's his name. His name is Raymond Rowe. Obviously, Hanson, his real name is not, his last name is not Hanson, it's Todd Smith. So, but they had the names Rowan Hanson since Ring of Honor when they were facing each other. Right. To me, and to you, and to everybody else, they'll always be known as Hanson and Rowe. And I guarantee you, and from what I've read on social media, I've never seen anything more universally hated than this name change. It's stupid. People are either pissed about it or they're laughing their asses off about it, but there's one common ground that they share. Nobody likes it. No, and you know, it can... Vince McMahon can get his head out of his own ass and realize that the name is stupid. And speaking of Vince McMahon, memo to Vince... Stay off TV, because now you're just embarrassing yourself. No, let him stay on TV and let Roman Reigns keep Superman punching him. I did. He did gain bonus points with me by, uh, Roman did, by uh, knocking that old coot right on his ass. And his whole, his whole little, his whole little battle cry, whatever the heck you want to call it, when he before he does a spear. I ended up doing that after he nailed Elias with it. You know, that. You know that's another thing. I don't even have a problem with Elias being moved to SmackDown. Nope. But, you know, one thing, in this kind of transition, we'll still talk about the, uh, the uh, shake-up, but we talk, you and I talked briefly about this, and this is one other topic I want to discuss with you. With you guys tonight, it's that Bailey didn't exactly get a warm reception when she announced she was on SmackDown. But Kyrie Sane, however, did get a warm reception when she debuted on SmackDown. So both are both gimmicks are cartoonish, for lack of a better term. But JP, I mean, I'll give my explanation about it, but I'll ask you. Why will Kyrie Sane succeed better than Bailey has? With Kyrie Sane, she's not a hugger. She doesn't want to go around being everybody's friend. Kyrie Sane is the pirate princess. And as she showed on Tuesday, that insane elbow 
is going to lead her and Asuka to a women's tag team title shot. And those two as a tag team, I really don't have a problem with. And No. And, you know, having Paige managing them, you know what? It gives them a mouthpiece, which kind of takes care of the language barrier with both both of those two. And and I mentioned this to you also. The Pirate Girl, or Pirate Princess merchandise, that's going to sell big for, with li- the little girls that are fans of Kyrie. Absolutely. Do not get me wrong. I absolutely love Bailey. Yeah. Let me- but if it's anybody who needs to turn heel, it's her. This is, unfortunately, what I've always dreaded about Bailey going up to the main roster. Is that she's too goody two-shoes. She's too cookie-cutter. She's too vanilla. However the hell you want to phrase it, but... The whole not a single speck of bad of or badass in her. This is why Sasha was able to get over, and she isn't. And frankly, her in singles, nobody wants to see that. Nobody on the main roster, anyway. And clearly it's looking like future advice for WWE... Don't when when you do another show, whether SmackDown or Raw, or in this case SmackDown, or a pay-per-view specifically, don't have Bailey on the card. Not in Montreal. Because they do not like her. But they like Kevin Owens. Well he's a home well, he's a hometown guy. Of course they're gonna love him. Well, it's can it's Maybe not specifically his hometown, but it's in Canada, so they love their boys. Yeah. They still cheered for Sami Zayn before he spat on them. I think they still cheered for him. But here's my question. I Look, the whole heel Sami Zayn thing, I'm being patient with it, but where exactly are they going to go with this? I think they're going to turn him into a top-tier heel. Possibly setting up a program down the line with Seth Rollins. True, but you know, let's talk. Let's talk with uh, each cover now that the shakeup's done. Let's cover kind of briefly each roster. What are some things you hope to see with Raw now that the now that we've seen who's going to Raw? I want my dream match. I want. I want Tyler Black versus AJ Styles. I'm down for that. Obviously not Tyler Black anymore, but Seth Rollins right now is your best wrestler on the roster. I would go him one, Kofi two, Miz three. And the reason I put Miz three... He's a workhorse. He's been there for 12 years and has never missed time due to injury. And the reasoning that I'm hearing for why Miz was moved to Raw, it makes perfect sense. Raw is still going to be on USA. Miz and Mrs. 
seems to be a ratings juggernaut for USA, so they want to have the star of that show on their network. Absolutely. And also, when Miz was last at last on Raw, he was a heel. He had his Miz-tourage. He's not going to have the Miz-tourage this time. He's going in there as a face. And so far, he's done pretty well with it. I like this face run a lot better than what he did six years ago. Yeah, and you know, we're, course, you have that, but you know, another thing, when he was first WWE champion after he cashed in money in the bank, looking back, he wasn't ready for that yet. It was too soon. But now, I can see him eventually sporting the Universal title. I, I can see that happening in the near future. Now, what I'm trying to think here is your top-tier heels on SmackDown, on Raw, I'm sorry. You got Drew, Corbin, Lashley, Sammy. And Samoa Joe. Which, even though they haven't announced it, face it, people, he's going to be on there. And here's my reason why he'll be on there. One, they're not going to have both mid-card belts on one show. Second, originally, Lars was going to be on Raw. Then they changed their mind and moved him to SmackDown. You need somebody to fill in that spot. Ergo, Samoa Joe. And real quick about Lars Sullivan, it's what you brought up to me earlier As somebody who suffers from depression, anxiety, all that, all that cocktail of fun, jolly shit. Yeah, that amusement park of pure hell. Exactly. I can relate to what Lars Sullivan went through. And Lars was on Instagram. Right. And he was answering, answering people's comments. And... He, um, a fan messaged him, I'm depressed, what should I do? And Lars responded back and told him exactly what to do. Yeah, I, and yeah, I shared this on the, on the Shark Attack group, and you know what? I commend him for it. I, and I commented saying that as somebody who's battled depression and anxiety for years, still does more times than I want to admit him acknowledging it and advising on it and speaking out about it. I find it very admirable and commendable. And, and I said from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Cause honestly, I look, I may not, I have no issue with him. I'm, he has physical, the physical skill. It's just the whole gimmick of being this, unstoppable monster thing. I've seen it I've seen it more times than I want to count. But the fact him doing this to promote um awareness about or talking about anxiety and depression, like what he deals with, I I respect him for that. Absolutely. So 
Hasn't commented back, hasn't replied to my comment. I'm hoping that he does at some point. But, um... So far, we've seen him beat two guy, beat down two guys that, well... Well, actually, four guys, technically. With, who, with all due respect, what passed their prime. But in terms of anything long-term to start a feud, he's done nothing. It's almost like... It's almost like the, uh... <laughs> The equivalent of Lacey Evans before she started finally getting physical. All she did was runway walk and nothing else. Yeah, I was getting a little aggravated with that. Like, hi, hi, I'm Lacey. Oh, and I'm by a mommy. Oh, and by the way, the woman's right move sucks. I'm quite thankful they took that from her as her finish. Yeah. I now, her little moonsault that she did, that was impressive. Yeah, I like the fact that she started facing forward, jumps up and turns around to the top rope, and then does the moonsault. So, I admire the athleticism on her. Absolutely. But thank God she got rid of the woman's right as her finish. Yeah. Signature move? Okay. Just don't tell me that's a finisher. Mm, yeah. Big Show called, he wants his finish back. You'd have a better chance of me calling Tyler Breeze's beauty shot more of a finisher than this. Now, onto the SmackDown side. Now, what do you hope to see with, with that after the moves that were made? I want to see Finn, Finn get into a couple good mid-card feuds. Maybe a Finn versus Daniel Bryan. True. Wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, let's see, uh, I would like to see what they do with Chad Gable, now that they split him and Bobby Roode up. Again, I'm fucking surprised about that one. Now, here's my big surprises. They split up Sanity, which, granted, they weren't doing anything with with him. But you have now caused Alexander Wolf to ask for his release. You split up the Riot Squad. And you put, in my opinion, the weakest of the three by yourself on SmackDown. You should have put Ruby on SmackDown as a singles and let Logan and Liv Morgan team up. Really? You thought, sir? You think? I thought... I always thought Sarah Logan was kind of the odd ma odd woman out. No, I, Sarah and Ruby, like, I could see them gelling as a team, but the team was always Sarah and Liv. Yeah, I mean, you got a point. I'm, I stand corrected because I'm... I don't think Liv Morgan was ready to be by herself just yet. And make no mistake, Ruby we know she can do well on her own. That's not even a question. But it was Liv, oh, absolutely. It was Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan that were in, in question. And we know together they would be just fine. But now that you got Liv on her own, who knows how that's going to pan out. 
One other move that I also didn't mind, I, I did like Andrade moving to Raw. Yeah, but that gets him away from his main squeeze, Charlotte. Yeah, true. Well, I was actually listening to Something to Wrestle where they talked about the whole process of the draft. If the if it's a if a wrestler and their girl are married, then they take that into strong consideration. But if it's just like you're dating her or if it's just guys wanting to stay and stay on the same roster as the guys they go out drinking with or whatever, then you're on your own. To a degree, I can understand that. Yeah. Like, Ray Rowe and Sarah Logan are, get, are together. They're married, so that makes sense. Yeah, they're married. Um, Naomi and the Uso, the Jimmy, Jay, whichever one. Right. And Selena Vega and Aleister Black, they're married, so that makes perfect sense. Now, I never even knew those two were dating. And then all of a sudden one day, oh yeah, by the way, they're married. Because I knew Selena Vega was married, was engaged to Austin Aries, but I'm guessing she got tired of eating tofu. Or probably probably got tired of walking or dating a guy that's, well, smaller than her. Then again, I'm sure for Alistair Black, I think traveling with her is easy. Just put her in your pocket. Yeah, she, she's so tiny. But I also met her years back. She's very nice. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm not trying to dog on her any by no stretch of the imagination. I, I'm a fan of hers, and I think she's... I think... In terms of the women's division, she'll be fantastic. She's got the yeah. Let her wrestle more. Yeah, she's got the athleticism for it. Um, but yeah, I get the whole thing that look, if you just want to stay on the same roster as the guys you go out drinking with, or the girl that you're dating, suck it up. But um, yeah. speaking of which, that was one other move that I also liked um, that they made was the Usos going to Raw. Jimmy and Jay have done everything on the SmackDown roster. Give them new challenges. Yeah, who's the... Trying to think who's the Raw Tag Champs. Don't tell me. Let me figure it out on my own. Drew and Gable lost it to Fuck. It's really taking you this long to figure it out. Uh, I'm thinking here. I'm thinking here. Oh wait, Hawkins and Ryder. Yep. Yeah, and you know some people are complaining about the tag divisions on on SmackDown and on Raw since the shakeup. I don't see a problem. Still got the revival on, on Raw. The Usos are now there. You have Hawkins and Ryder. Who know? I mean, Black and uh, Ricochet, depending how long you keep them as a tag team. At one point, you'll have the Authors of Pain return when the other one's healed up. So you'll have, and now you got, you got, <clears throat> you got War Machine. I, hey, I said, I will never call them their new name. 
But the bottom line is you have your tag teams on there. And then on SmackDown, well, as at least at the moment, you still have Rusev and you have Nakamura as a team. You have the bar, for better or worse. The Hardys. And, well, given this one isn't saying much, but they added heavy machinery to SmackDown. I like Otis. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just not a fan. But then again, I've seen worse tag teams coming out of that came out of uh, NXT, the Vaude Villains. Good wrestlers, but that gimmick was never going to work on the main roster. Yeah, like I like the Vaude Villains in NXT, but yeah, it was unique. But the problem was, you go on the main roster, nobody knows on no audience in the main roster knows what the hell Vaudeville is. And one other thing I'm hoping that we get out of um out of the shakeup from other from out of both rosters. I'm hoping they could finally start actually doing something with EC three. Yeah, they're gonna do something with them. They're gonna bury them. Shovel style. Yeah. But before we get to the other stuff, people are gonna take a quick break. So we'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. This is the real Dwayne Allen from the wrestling realm. And you are listening to The Shark Attack with my guys, Sean The Shark Williams and J.P. Mayer. Oh, yes. It just got real. And we are back. That's, of course, my good buddy Dwayne Allen of the Wrestling Realm. Make sure you check out the Wrestling Realm on YouTube with him and my other good buddy, Brian Waters. All right. Uh, sidestepping from WWE a little bit. Good news for Matt Taven. He has his first challenger. The bad news, he has his first challenger. The newly crowned world champion for Ring of Honor has got his first opponent, and you could, it could be described in three simple letters. P-C-O. Or as we call it, Matt Taven is going to die. Yes. Seriously, of all the guys that he can have as his first challenger, that has got to be the worst one for him to have. I mean, PCO, I mean, what more can you say of this guy other than he's a freak of nature? Well, PCO is not human. He's got, well, yeah, he, there's, no way a, there's no way a human can do the crap that he does at his age. But, um... You know, I know that some people say rarely do you see a guy lose after their first title defense in Ring of Honor. I wouldn't be surprised if we see PCO take that belt. I can't see them as much as I love PCO. I cannot see them putting the belt on on him just yet. I mean, I'm not ruling it out. But, truthfully, I think the end game for them is that they will eventually put that belt on Marty Skrull. That it wasn't the villain's time that weekend, he will have it, though. And speaking of guys who I've said their time will come, if there's one thing we learned from NXT, it is that the war between Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, baby, is far from over. 
that if you thought that Adam Cole was just going to throw, just turn and walk away after not winning at TakeOver New York, you're kidding yourself. He wants that belt. He wants that belt so bad he can taste it. He's starving for it. And he he is making sure Johnny Gargano knows exactly that. You know what I want from the two of them at the next takeover? Yeah. Three out of five falls. I doubt they'll go with that one. Has there? I don't even think there's ever been a three out of five falls match. Yeah, and I think part of the reason is because we all got to go home sometime at some point. But um, one match I could see them eventually doing would be a ladder match. But also, I'm starting to think that the Undisputed Era's time is coming to an end. It definitely seems that way, which I'm not worried about Adam Cole. He, he'll, he'll, he'll survive and he'll rise to new heights with or without a stable. And if you have Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish as a tag team, they'll be fine. Or even if you have Roddy and Fish as a tag team, no problem. Sorry, I think I meant Roddy and O'Reilly, I meant. Bobby Fish in singles, he can prosper. Roddy on his own, however, that's the only one I'm concerned about. I think he seems to do, and well, actually, check that. Kyle O'Reilly on his own is the one I'm concerned about. Roddy has some kind of a personality. Kyle O'Reilly by himself, eh, not so much. Kyle O'Reilly's strength has always been being the second guy. Whether he was teaming with Adam Cole or whether he was teaming with Bobby Fish or Roderick Strong. He's not a solo guy. JP, what do you got? You see, Kyle O'Reilly wasn't Ring of Honor World Champion because of his good looks. It's because he could wrestle. All four of them could wrestle as singles. Obviously, Adam Cole was the best of the of them. Was the only one who didn't hold the Ring of Honor World title was Bobby Fish. Cole held the TV and the world. Fish held the TV and the tag, O'Reilly held the world in the tag, and Roddy held everything. Yeah. All four on their own would be just fine. I don't know. I've always thought one of the strength or one of the weaknesses on Kyle O'Reilly, he's not exactly a talker. He can just let his actions speak for, speak for themselves. True. It's not. It wouldn't be the first time. I'm just saying, of the four, he's the he is probably the worst talker. The other three, yeah. The other three are so much better at it. Adam Cole is just superior at it. But then again, I think of the four, Adam Cole is just an anomaly. 
hands down, Adam Cole is the best wrestler of the four. Oh, without question. In every area. Both at in personality, in talking, and in the ring. Now, speaking of rematches, one that, if I could... I'm hoping it's on the network, but if not, man, I would give anything if somebody put this match on YouTube. Pete Dunne has made his attentions clear. He wants that rematch with Walter. To which Walter said, you want to do this again? No problem. And even said the words, let's make history again. I have no doubt in my mind those two can outdo what they did at New York. Speaking of TakeOver New York, our good friend Dave Metzler. Which, by the way, before you go on, commandment number one of this show, for those of you that are new to this, it is okay to call guys like Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer and Wade Keller douchebag, asshole, dumbass, and ass clown, and simply <laughs> just, well, fucktard. I had to get that out there. Now, I was also being very highly sarcastic when I said our good friend. When you say I it, it sorry, I was going to say, when you say our good friend, translation is everybody's favorite bastard. I saw his, his rankings for the other matches of TakeOver. We, I believe we talked about last week how he gave Gargano Cole five and a half stars. Which, when the hell has he ever done that in his life? He has never given a WWE match higher than five stars. The other four matches, the lowest ranked match he gave was the women's match. What do you think he gave that match? Oh, I'm dreading to ask, but I'll ask. You're supposed to guess, sir. Well, to yeah, but to do that, that has to delve into Dave Meltzer's mind, and that's that's a scary place to go that would even give Freddy Krueger nightmares. But I'm going to say two stars. Three and three quarters... Well, I based my guess on the fact that Dave Meltzer's an ass clown. The tag titles and the North American title got the same ranking. Four and a half stars. Well, somebody is a sexist asshole. Walter versus Pete Dunne. Oh, no. Four and three quarters stars. Okay, why the hell why the hell was that not a five star match? Good question. And if anything, I thought that the I thought Walter versus Pete Dunn was probably the unsung hero match of that whole card. I thought, because everybody talked about Gargano and Cole, rightfully so, and they, talked, and they talked about Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream, which was a great match, 
but nobody was saying a damn thing about Walter and Pete Dunne. So that, to me, bothered me, because that match was fantastic. And that was the first time I've ever seen Walter wrestle. And for a guy of his size and his bulk, dude's a machine. And Pete Dunne, no matter how big, how much bigger the guy is that you're putting him against, he can work a match with anybody and make it work. Pete Dunne could probably work a match with a paper bag and it'd be a good match. I agree. But um, seeing a rematch with those two, I would welcome to, the chance to watch that one. Oh, yeah. And in retrospect, not giving, not saying by any stretch of the imagination that we agree with Meltzer about anything, when you and I talked about TakeOver, which that'll never happen, when we ranked the matches from TakeOver New York, that was the, the only reason we put the women's match at the bottom was more of uh had to rank something at the bottom. Yeah. And the only reason with that one was because, we, well, for one thing, didn't like the fact that one that you're basically making Bianca Belair look like cannon fodder. I'm truthfully surprised they didn't bring her up. I thought that's why they didn't have her win. Now speaking of speaking of um, of the women, now Taz had some choice words about Ronda Rousey. Not really ripping into her, well, terribly. He just didn't... The fact that she's taking a year off didn't really set well set well with him. At, taking a year off, or taking time off after one year on the road. Now, JP, you and I had talked about this uh, prior to the show. We both see, can see both sides of that argument. Absolutely. Now, Triple H said it best on the first season of Tough Enough. This is not an easy life, and you either want this or you don't. I have no doubt that Ronda wanted this. If she didn't want it, I guarantee you she wouldn't be in WWE. Agreed. However, her commitment and her conviction, that is where I'm questioning. Look, I'm not, I'm not condemning her for her reason for taking time off. I have no problem with that. The problem is, though, you're taking time off to start a family with your, hu with your hubby. I got no problem with that. You're married to him. It's your business. It's what you want. However, you think it's hard now, being on the road away from your, hus from your husband? How hard do you think it's going to be after a kid is in the equation? Oh, yeah. You're going to have to accept the fact that you're going to be a mom on the road away from your kid. And JP, you had brought up to me before the show of how the fact that the crowd had turned against Ronda, that didn't set that, that kind of left a bad taste in her mouth. She had to accept the fact that this is part of the business. And you, you made a good point. UFC, she didn't have a whole lot of interaction with the crowd. This time, she did. And I guess she thought, I mean, I said that while she had to accept the fact that the crowd will turn on you in a heartbeat, I don't think she ever did. 
Yeah, you figure UFC, she sped walked down to the ring, beat somebody up, left the ring. WWE, like, you got meet and greets, you got autograph signings, all that. But slowly and sh- but surely, they started to turn. And it's because we were, we were seeing women who have worked their tails off, who had earned opportunities and deserved the chance to sport the belt. We're seeing them being served up as cannon fodder for Ronda Rousey, Sasha Banks, Dana Brooke, Ruby Riot. And note, we never once, they never even teased the idea of Asuka versus Ronda. Why? Because <laughs> frankly, Asuka would massacre her. She would eat her alive. Yeah, and it's... It's just when... Going back to her days at UFC, if she lost, she lost two ma- two fights. What happened after both fights? She threw temper tantrums, and UFC nothing about that is predetermined. Well, I think the the issue there was the fact that her mentality was not that winning wasn't everything; it was the only thing. And that's yet another thing I don't think she was ever willing to accept. Just like for every athlete in any sport, eventually the sport catches up with you. Eventually there's somebody you'll encounter that ends up being better at it than you are. Now, I'm going to throw this out there. Would there have been an all-women's pay-per-view without Ronda Rousey? Yes. Would the women have just headlined WrestleMania 35? No. The, ba- the biggest reason we got the main event, the women's main event at WrestleMania, is because Ronda Rousey is a brand name. It was a business move. But here's the thing, and I know I've ri- criticized on her a lot. There's a since they're they're both members of the horse, the four horsewomen, Shayna Baszler. Now the reason why I bring her up is because there's a strong difference between Shayna Baszler and Ronda. Baszler knows the commitment. She knows the conviction she has to have. She knows this. And you know what? She's accepted it. She's all in. She's committed. And she's going pedal to the metal with, with her run. Yeah, she's still in NXT. She will be on the main roster someday. And you know what? I gotta say it, especially after the last match, as much as we was, despite what we had said about it, you know what? She, she's got my attention, simply because of the fact she won it on her own. She won that match by herself with no help. Exactly. There's a reason why she's a two-time champion in NXT. It's because she's that good. You want to talk about somebody that doesn't need, 
like may not be the best talker, but does the talking in the ring. She says enough when she's being talked to in an interview or doing a promo. She lets the rest of it speak for itself in the ring and does just that. So that's basically the difference between Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey is that Shayna Baszler gets it. I don't think Ronda does. No. And here, I'm looking at... Shayna Baszler actually has held titles in other companies. Um, she held the AIW, the Absolute Intense Wrestling Women Championship. Um... She held the New Horizon Pro Wrestling Indie Girls Australian Championship and the Premier Women's Championship. And let's see, who was ranked number six in the PWI Women's uh, Women's 100? Shayna Baszler. Granted, Ronda Rousey was number one. It went, here's the top ten. Rousey, Bliss, Flair, Iro Shirai, Asuka, Baszler, Carmella, Nia Jax, Mayo Antawani, the former Women of Honor champion, and Kyrie Zane. You know, you brought up Io Shirai. I'm glad they didn't bring her up because she's not ready yet. As a t- if they brought her and Kyrie up as a tag team, it would have been fine with that. But on her own, she's not ready yet. That's what I thought they were doing. I thought they were bringing up the Sky, the Sky Pirates together. Not that having Kyrie and Asuka as a tag team is a bad thing. No. But, um... But, yeah, I mean... I don't... You know, I think Ronda... I mean, some think that Ronda knew exactly what she was, get, what she was getting into and what was required of her when she came to WWE. I don't think she did. Not completely. No. I mean, she had an emotional breakdown over one of her one of her farm animals passing away while she was on the road, and she wasn't there. It's like, and look, I I felt for her and everything. Losing a pet's hard, but the problem is, when you're on the road like that, when that's your life, when that's your career, it comes with the territory, and that you're feeling. If you're feeling wear and tear for being on the road after being on, after one year, you ne- you may need to consider if this is really what you want to do. I mean, again, I'm not duck, I'm not dogging over. I'm just saying, I'm just calling it like it is. I mean, neither one, neither you or me are pro wrestlers, but we know nope. the. We know the commitment that they expect, that they require for that line of work. Which they do. And I'm just I'm just saying, let's not I mean, Rhonda's saying she's just taking time off because of the whole wanting to start a family. You know what? I guarantee you, time comes where she does have have a kid or kids. I don't think she's going to want that this life anymore. 
There's just, I'm not saying it's a definite, but there's a strong chance of it. Truth be told, I don't see her coming back. I agree, and you know what? The women's division will survive even if she doesn't. Absolutely. Because everyone now will have an opportunity. We'll see the women who have got who have had to pump the brakes because of her coming to the roster actually get a shot now. Because I guarantee you that that as much as we much criticism as we were doing about Lacey Evans, she was not going to get a shot at a damn thing while Ronda was holding that belt. Oh no. And speaking of women, of course, everybody's been talking about and. It seems like everybody's questioning whether, I mean, either they're questioning whether they want to be there or they're wanting out. Luke Harper this week requested his release. Alexander Wolf, who you brought up, he requested his release. And Sasha Banks seems to be AWOL at the moment. And a lot of, well, hers is more rumor and innuendo and speculation at this point. But all I can say, well... We already know exactly what went wrong for Alexander Wolf. They well didn't just split up sanity; they pretty much dissected it. But the question I got about Luke Harper: what went wrong? I don't know because he, Luke Harper, is such an amazing talent. Truly, for a guy his his size, he he is su- su- just ridiculously athletic. But um, yeah, I mean, everyone remembers his, those from the Ring of Honor and the indie days, remembering him as Big Rig Brody Lee. Which don't be surprised if that's what he ends up going back to. But the guy is forty now. Who knows how much time he's got left in the ring. But, um, you know, they never fully utilized what they had with him when the Wyatt family was whole. But even when you had him split from the Wyatt family, he just... Nobody was shaking that off of him. Then you did the Bludgeon Brothers. (laughs) That didn't work. Yeah, it was bad. Which I find it funny. Eric Rowan is a tall guy, but all kinds of useless. And yet you have Luke Harper. Tall, big guy, ridiculous skill, and he's the one wanting out. Now, because I think okay. Rowan knows that if he were to leave, he wouldn't get any. He wouldn't go anywhere. Right, because well, Harper has talent. Rowan, I'm kind of on the fence on. Actually, I'm not on the fence. He doesn't. But on to Sasha Banks. What do you make of what's going on with that? Bye. Don't let the story chin the ass on the way out. You're, I've never been one on Sasha Banks. 
Yeah, this is where we agree to disagree. Now, I like Sasha Banks. I've loved her ability, although sometimes I think she's a little too gutsy for her own good with some of the shit she does. But here's where I'll here is where it falters. I liked her more when she was on NXT. Because the one thing that stands out to me above anything with Sasha Banks since she came to the main roster was her and Charlotte playing hot potato with the damn women's title. Yep. That still stands out in my mind. And the fact that, and I don't care, I've argued with plenty of people about this. I don't care what anyone says. You ended that feud in a goddamn tie. That Sasha had the had the had the win loss over record over Charlotte. Then you did the Iron Woman match. There was no reason for Charlotte to win that match. No. And then you had her actually beat Sasha. And I was the only one screaming, "You can't end this feud in a goddamn tie." And for what? For absolutely jack. Because that, like everything else, you handed to Charlotte because she's Ric Flair's daughter. For the record, I'm not criticizing Charlotte Flair's athletic ability. She is that. She actually can wrestle in the ring. Yes. I just can't stand the fact that they hand her everything all because she is Ric Flair's daughter. Don't believe me? The Iron Woman match. The first women's hell in a cell. Winning the triple threat match between between her and Becky. Between her, Becky, and Sasha to determine the first women's championship after they unified the women's title and Divas title. You handed her everything. All because of her family name. I take issue with that. Now, however, that being said, much as I'm a fan of Sasha Banks, I do agree in the sense that, you know what? Next. Because frankly, if you don't want to be there, don't be there. But But the harsh truth and the reality of it is, is that the women's division will go on, it'll prosper, and they'll find somebody else that'll eventually fill in that spot that belonged to Sasha at one point. And people will have moved on and not think even a second thought about the boss. Exactly. So again, if you want, all due respect to Sasha, if you don't want to be there, then don't be there. Now, given I do it, a lot of people were surprised that the, that her and Bailey didn't retain the tag titles, and I'll admit that was a shocker too, because I really did think they were going to retain. Not taking anything away from the Iconics, I'm happy for Peyton Royce and for Billy Kay, but clearly a lot of people thought that Sasha and Bailey would retain, that they that they weren't going to lose the belts after what barely two months. Actually, it was probably a month and a half, actually. But still. But it goes back to what I was saying about about Ronda. You either want this or you don't. 
I mean, look, Sasha will probably end up some, if she did leave, she could end up somewhere else if she still wanted to be in wrestling. Of course, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't be able to keep the name of Sasha Banks. Yeah. But I'm just saying just she would end up somewhere. But on to the next onto another topic that you and I talked about and well been that with the one I brought up to you, maybe you had a chance to think up one yourself. Now everybody has a dream match that they would love to see between a wrestler from a two wrestlers from different eras collide. Or even, in this particular case, two tag teams from different eras collide. For me, my, my dream tag team matchup is Jay and Mark, the Briscoe brothers, versus the team that pretty much had dominated WCW slash NWA when they were at the top of their game. And no, I'm not talking about the WCW Nitro era. I'm talking about very pre-pre- that era. The, uh, back when the time when Crockett still owned WCW and before pre-Bill Watts, I'm talking about the Steiner brothers. I'm saying the Steiner brothers when they were at the top of their game versus the Briscoes. That is my dream matchup. Now the reason I'm saying for that for that team, because let's face because during that era, I don't think there was any team that that you could call the best in WCW more than the Steiner brothers. And I know some people will argue saying, what about the Road Warriors and the Le- slash Legion of Doom? I repeat, no team was better than the Steiner brothers. Look, I'm a fan of LOD, and, of LOD, but the problem is, as I got older, I started to see where they were, where their limitations were. They did good against the smaller guys and lighter guys, but when you put them against guys that were the same weight class as them or bigger than them, that's when they faltered. They didn't know how to work when they looked like the underdogs. The Steiners were adaptable. They took on so, so many of the greats during that era for WCW, like the Midnight Express, like Doom, the Fabulous Freebirds, even Steve Williams and Terry Gordy. And even did a tournament where they took on various tag teams in the world, including Conan and Rey Mysterio, or from Japan, the Great Muda, and the late Mr. Saito. So for that reason, that's why I'm saying I would love to see the best tag team that that era of WCW ever had versus the best tag team Ring of Honor has ever had in the Briscoes. JP, sound off. I'm going to counter you. Shoot. The Rockers. Versus the Young Bucks. That's also a solid pick. Here we go again. The Legion of Doom taking on God. The Gorillas of 
destiny. See, now, with that one, I'm not so much worried... I mean, it's not so much on the gorillas of destiny. It's just my my concern would would be the Legion of Doom being able to carry carry their fair share in the match because of the weaknesses that I said about the Legion of Doom. Now, like I, I mean, the Steiners, to me, during that era, were just off the chart. And let's not forget, before it was called the Herakarana, Scott Steiner was the one that introduced us to the move that at that time, they called, aptly named, the Frankensteiner. Yep. And Rick Steiner, of course, making suplexes off the top rope looked like an art form. And, of course, let's not forget the, some of the double-team moves they came up with, like the DDT off the top rope and the Bulldog the off bulldog. the top rope. So the Steiners excelled in just a lot of areas, and... You know, before the eventual match where Scott Steiner turned against Rick, they were the one match that they were the one team they actually gave the Outsiders a run for the money. Given that was when Scott Steiner was starting to get more, more muscle and less like the Scott Steiner of old that we knew. Now I know I could have easily done a fatal four-way or triple threat match, but frankly, call me a traditionalist. I am I am perfectly content with the traditional one-on-one match. That I don't need to have a fatal four-way or a triple threat match with everything. No. And oftentimes those matches can be a mess. Especially fatal four-way tag team matches. Cuz it's hard to keep track. And also and you know it's been pointed out why the hell would you tag the person from another team? That that rule just never made any sense to me. Or not so much a rule, just something that they did. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, to me, I just felt like those were two different eras where those two teams set a standard. But, um... I can definitely see why you picked the Young Bucks and the Rockers. The only regret I have about the Rockers is that they never held the tag titles in the WWF. Yeah. And they should have. Why they didn't, I have no idea. And please, nobody tell me they didn't need the belts. <laughs> like hell they didn't. They, I mean, hell, demolition was over, and they you could easily say they didn't need the belts, but they... That didn't stop them from holding on to the belts as long as they did. Or getting as many shots at it as they did. They win him from Strike Force. They drop him to the Brain Busters. They win him back from the Brain Busters. They drop it to the Colossal Connection. They win it back from the Colossal Connection. They got other they got shots at the belts while other teams were, well, thrown to the wayside. Never saw the Rockers get a fair title shot against the Brain Busters. Hart Foundation had one shot at SummerSlam, and they didn't pull it off. The Brain Busters, I love that team. I think the Brain Busters were underrated. They were. 
I mean, they were in-ring technicians, which just was a testament to how good at tag team wrestling Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson were. And you had what was, by God, the best mouthpiece any any team or any wrestler could ever have. Not that Arn and Tully were bad on the on at doing their own talking. Far from it. But you just had a guy who was just such who had such an art at at running his mouth in Bobby the Brain Heenan. Absolutely. I mean, he was one of those guys. It didn't matter who who you were. It was impossible to not become a star when you had that guy at the helm. I mean, Haku wasn't exactly known for talking, but Bobby Heenan made it work. And it was just a testament to how good Bobby was. Yeah. But anyway... But with that being said, people, gonna start. We're gonna wrap wrap it up here tonight. JP, plug what you got. I have stuff. I have a Twitter page which I like never use. It's at JP Mayor eighty. I don't know if you all can tell, but by my voice, I, I don't have much of it. I'm getting over being sick. And I have work for the next six days in a row. So it's like, ugh. But once I get the voice back, then I'm hoping to finally um, have the rebirth of my show, Independent Point of View. Until then, it'll come. Trust me. All right. Well, follow me on Twitter at SeanMissPrime81. The Instagram handle for this show and this network really is at Sean's pod underscore podcast. The Shark Attack is the name of the Facebook group where, where um, you can join and see all my takes on wrestling and reporting on wrestling. JP is, of course, part of that. Yes. And, of course, the other show I got is Variety Bites. What I can promise you is um, on the next episode I'd do that. I didn't think I was going to do one this week, but I will have one up soon. Um, I'll be talking about the fact that the, well, the Gifted, unfortunately, got canceled. Damn you, Fox. And I just... Why I just can't seem to hold an interest to Gotham and why the final episode when it airs, to me, it might as well be a mercy killing. Why the... How I'm hoping that I don't go insane waiting for Avengers Endgame, which is now six days... Well, six days away from me. And me. And And why I absolutely refuse to read anything... That involves um, that any headline that says anything about Avengers, even if it's just something about an actor commenting on something from it. I look at it, all of it and just go, no, and just click off of it. 
I don't want to read anything involving that movie. Yeah, thankfully, I was able to avoid the spoilers. Well, I'm, I'm like, not just, like, anything that potentially is a spoiler. I'm just talking about anything with the actor or director talking about that movie. I just won't read any of it. I don't even care if they show, like, exclusive clips or another a new trailer. I won't watch it. Just enough. Now, what time are you going to see the movie next Thursday? Six o'clock, my time. Okay. Um, so we'll actually be at the theater at the same time. Nice. And as I said, I'm saving all my eating and drinking for after that movie is over. Yes. Given I'll probably be starving afterwards, but small price to pay to watch what could very well end up being Marvel's biggest masterpiece. Yes. See, oh, and I'll also be talking about um, how Hellboy and that reboot ended up bombing. They should have never done that. Yep. And also why uh, the latest DreamWorks movie, Missing Link, ended up being a complete disaster. And, and oh yeah, I'll be talking about, I'll be giving a couple of opinions with the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, which, um, well, I mentioned it because you're, you're on the East Coast, JP. The Islanders, last I checked, advanced to the second round. Yeah, they kind of swept Tampa Bay. Yeah, mercilessly. Well, they swept Pittsburgh. Yeah, they swept, yeah, they beat Pittsburgh mercilessly. But the Knight, the Golden Knights are the only team I had to actually root for. Well, because it's more of a in close, closer vicinity rain kind of deal. But, um, and of course, talk, <laughs> reminding Clipper fans why um, you have to remember, you're the Clippers, you're playing Golden State. Do the math of how this is going to end up. And why I really don't think that there's any team that's going to stop Golden State from getting a third title in a row. And yes, I'm saying not even Houston. Milwaukee. Yeah, I, again, I still don't think any team's going to stop them. I hope so. But in any case, that, that's going to do it for tonight. I want to thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check us out on, on right here on Anchor, but also Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and just about various other platforms. And, of course, make sure you leave a review. And if you like what you hear, we take donations. JP's still, well, his voice is in recovery right now, but actually that's how he strained it was practicing his vocals for you people. So, come. Yes. So come on, don't make it all for nothing, man. So, if you like what you hear, don't feel free to donate to help keep this revolution going. So in the meantime, he he's JP Mayer, I am Sean Williams and people, we are out of here. JP, um you can either do the traditional or you could just come up with something new since you're kind of a well, you're here but your voice is on vacation. Voice is definitely on vacation. Um, but 
if if anybody donates ten dollars, I will let you pick the song that I'm gonna sing. I will record myself singing it, video and audio, and I will gladly send it to you with a personalized love letter. I don't care if you're a guy or a girl. You want to show us that love? I'm going to show you that love. You can't deny that kind of salesmanship. Although, retrospect, no Justin Bieber on this damn show. Hey, 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 hey. If they pick Bieber, I'm going to do the Bieber. If you sing Bieber, you're going to have me flying down to give you a swift kick in the ass. Fair enough. But until next week, good night, JP. He was born perfect, and just like the great white shark, this guy has never